Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Those of you on the CMG stations where Mark K should be on right now, he is under the weather and I am in for him. He should be back on Monday. Keep in your prayers. My gosh, those of you who aren't in the South, uh, we had this cold front come through and it probably hit a lot of you and it went from like 80 degrees to 30 degrees in 24 hours. And every single person, I, I do not know a person who is not sick because of it. And everybody thinks, oh my gosh, I got the Rona. No, no, it just, it's the weather change. I myself, you can hear it in my voice. Uh, I got hit with it as well. And, and thankfully, I, even though I've got a concussion still, uh, I am better off than the rest of my family. So I've been having to, to be the one out and about and, and doing stuff for everybody while everybody else recovers from it. this. This weather stuff is just insane around here right now. Uh, but nonetheless, um, I, I digress. I, I One of the, the cool things about doing a, a midday radio show now, having for years not, is I got to be able to turn on a dime and, and change the headlines of the stuff. So I wanted to, to recap all the hysteria over January 6th, but we've had something happen. Uh, about two hours ago, the United States Supreme Court met to hear the oral arguments in Biden versus Missouri and Becerra versus Louisiana, those are the two mandate cases. Uh, essentially, this is about the um, the uh, OSHA mandate for businesses of 100 employees or more. Uh, the Sixth Circuit and the Fifth Circuit, I believe it was, came to different decisions as to whether or not the OSHA mandate should be enjoined. So there's a split in the circuit. So the United States is divided into a number of judicial circuits. I'm in Georgia. So I'm in the 11th Circuit. Uh, that covers Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. In uh, Louisiana, where the, the one case was filed, it's the Fifth Circuit, and the Fifth Circuit covers Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. And each circuit essentially can, you have in every state has district courts. And then those district courts, when you appeal, you go to the circuit. So in Georgia, if I'm in the middle district of Georgia, I would, my court with an appeal to the 11th circuit and from the 11th circuit you go to the supreme court so there are three levels you have district court will exclude magistrate bankruptcy for certain sake of argument here you have a district court you have a circuit court you have the supreme court those are your three paths uh so the district court you appeal to your circuit court circuit court to the supreme court in louisiana a case was filed in louisiana and a case was filed in missouri and those judges made decisions and it was appealed to their those respective circuits and the Missouri Circuit, I think it's the sixth, don't hold me to it, uh, ruled that the OSHA mandate was constitutional. The Fifth Circuit in Louisiana said it was unconstitutional. When the circuit split, that means that in Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, they're bound by the Fifth Circuit decision that it's unconstitutional. And all the states that are in the other circuit, including Missouri, are bound by that circuit. Well, when that happens, the Supreme Court is required to take the case to rectify it and, and settle what is the law of the entire land. So they rushed this. This was out of the ordinary hearing. They normally don't meet on Friday to hear these arguments anyway, but they had to make a special exception for this case. The issue is whether OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or whatever it stands for, uh, is allowed constitutionally to require that employers of 100 or more do a vaccine mandate uh, based on a congressional statute. That's the big issue, the, the rule. Now, what is the rule in particular? Under 1970 law, OSHA has the authority to issue emergency rules for workplace safety, 
provided it can show that workers are exposed to a grave danger and the rule is necessary. A grave danger and the rule is necessary. Now, you should know that there's precedent here. And uh, Sonia Sotomayor in her argument today really undermined her own position. In the 1990s, there was a massive outbreak of hepatitis B. And OSHA prepared a rule to mandate vaccines for hep B. They never did the mandate. There was a question over whether or not they had the authority to even do that. Congress passed a law ordering OSHA to do it. And that's the argument of the business interests here. The, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, NFIB, is one of the plaintiffs in this case, along with the states like Louisiana and Texas, Georgia, Brian Kemp and Chris Carr in Georgia, uh, my governor attorney general involved in this, Ron DeSantis down in Florida, and his attorney general also involved in it. Uh, Louisiana uh, attorney general and the Texas governor and attorney general all involved and their argument is very simple because we have precedent here. Congress had to order OSHA to do the HEP vaccine. Congress should have to order OSHA to do the COVID vaccine because you can tell there is no emergency. How can you tell there is no emergency? Because the president of the United States ordered this done in what, October? To distract from Afghanistan? September, October? And it doesn't even go into effect until next week. If it's an emergency, how can the president order it in September or October and not have it go into effect until January? Additionally, we do know that there will be mass workers quitting at a time of labor shortages. We have, you know, I told you the other day, the private sector employment growth from ADP looked good, but we actually have more economic numbers now, and it's actually bad uh, when you take into account the people who lost jobs, quit jobs, walked away from jobs, or died, and the and the new jobs, we did not hit the growth target that everyone predicted. It's actually far less than that. Only about 188,000 new jobs created in this country. That's actually a really bad number. They were looking for well over 250, it appears. So when you take into account that, and you take into account that the uh, the, the vaccine is going to cause people to quit. Well, then you got a real problem. And then Sonia Sotomayor decided to open her mouth. The, the dim-witted Supreme Court justice, and she is, by the way, uh, if you go back to the documents that were released during the Obama days from the National Archives and stuff that was leaked out, it turns out that even Latino law groups were advising the Obama administration not to put Sonia Sotomayor on the Supreme Court because she wasn't that smart. I'm not making that up, by the way. That came out. I, I am not making that up. Latino law groups urged them not to use Sonia Sotomayor because she's an idiot. And she proved herself that yet again today. Listen to this. This is her from the Supreme Court. Rarely do you hear these things, but they released audio of this emergency hearing today. They, they let you listen to it live. Uh, now, of course, I can't play the audio for some reason. Let's go. Here we go. A year ago in January... Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people is severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Um, so saying it's a different variant just underscores the fact that without the without um, country today than we had a year ago in January... Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity 
with people is severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. None of that is true. None of that is true. Hospitals are not at almost all full capacity. That's, that's not true. There are not over 100,000 children in this country hospitalized or on ventilators. None of that is true. She asserted that as a justice of the Supreme Court to defend the, the OSHA vaccine mandate. And none of it is true. It's flat out not true. Not only that, she expressed that the Omicron variant is as deadly as the Delta variant. That, too, is not only not true, but even the New York Times is now reporting that the Omicron variant is not nearly as severe, even for the unvaccinated. That was one of the big issues to begin with is, uh, is the Omicron variant just less severe for the vaccinated or is it also less severe for the unvaccinated? Turns out it's less severe for everybody. More contagious, less severe overall. That's what the data now shows. She did not know that. She had no idea. Now, it's not her business to know that. It's her business to know the law. But part of her argument that she made from the bench was that OSHA should be allowed to impose the mandate because it's so bad out there. I find this deeply ironic in that it comes a day after liberals had their hair on fire over conservative ignorance of the rule of law. The question is not whether we should do something because there's a problem, but whether Congress has authorized an executive agency to do it. That should be the issue here. Yes, we all get that uh, COVID is bad. We all get that people are getting it. We all get that the older you are, the worse off you can be. We all get that we're in the middle of a global pandemic, although not necessarily anymore. It's more endemic. But that's not the question for a judge. That's not the question for the law. If we're to respect the rule of law, as they all told us yesterday, then you need to respect whether or not there is a law that gives OSHA power. And I would believe no. And in fact, uh, the majority of the justices on the court seemed highly skeptical that OSHA has the power to do this, particularly in light of the hepatitis B precedent, where Congress had to specifically authorize OSHA to give that vaccine mandate. Also, would there be immediate harm? That's one of the rules for an injunction. Would there be immediate harm unless the injunction is given? And the National Federation of Independent Businesses noted that based on regular surveys out there, you will have a massive amount of people who leave their jobs voluntarily or are fired because of their refusal to get this vaccine. There would be immediate economic harm in this country if this mandate went through. And by the way, is it an emergency when you've waited four months to implement it. Uh, Citibank has data out saying that uh, hundreds of thousands of workers will be out of work next week if you don't if this mandate goes in. Hundreds of thousands of people in, the, in their job survey, I, I believe it was Citibank, uh, will walk off the job if this mandate goes into effect. That's a pretty big negative consequence if you allow this mandate to go through, it's a pretty big consequence. So in synopsis here, the, the Supreme Court justices, the majority of them, it sounds like, are not willing to 
let the mandate go through. They're willing to to allow the injunction to hold while this is litigated. Now, this is one of the things you need to understand here. The purpose of the Supreme Court is not to rule whether or not this vaccine is or is not constitutional at the moment. That's that's not really what we're doing here. The question is, as I understand, and I could, I, 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 I'm going to have to go in the commercial break to, to verify myself on this one. It, it's whether or not the injunction should stay because you've got these two courts. They've rushed through whether or not the injunction should go forward. And one of the issues with an injunction is will there be immediate harm and is does the preponderance of evidence show that the law is probably on your side? It's not a conclusion that the law is on your side, but whether or not the law is probably on your side, whether or not you, you've got a reasonable chance of winning. And the Fifth Circuit said uh, there will be immediate harm. And you probably got a chance at winning this thing. You got a plausible argument. The Sixth Circuit said uh, there's not going to be immediate harm and you don't seem to have a plausible argument. So now the Supreme Court here is going to decide, do you have a reasonable shot at a plausible argument? And would there be immediate harm? Immediate harm is the biggest issue here. If assuming they agree there is a plausible argument, is there going to be immediate harm? And we know from the Citibank survey and the like that there will be immediate harm. A lot of people will lose their jobs next week unless this injunction is allowed to continue. I would expect that the Supreme Court will rule on this uh, sometime next week. The reason being um, the injunction or the, the mandate begins enforcement next week. So they've got a rule on the injunction here in the next couple of days. Uh, and again, it's over whether OSHA can uh, require employers with a hundred people or more uh, impose a vaccine mandate. Now, here's the other angle on this, just for, real quick before I go to break, you got to understand, is there was a divide in the arguments today over whether this is for the public at large or for employees. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it, but the Biden administration was arguing this is this is for the safety of the public. Well, OSHA regulations are for the safety of employees, not the safety of the public. There, there's a nuance there. OSHA employees are about protecting workers on the job, not about protecting the public at large. That's the Federal Trade Commission. And this is an OSHA thing. So this is about employees. And that there was even that divide in the argument there was kind of kind of mind-numbing. They, they should not have conceded that point. That undermines their argument. Sotomayor undermined her own argument by talking about the Hep B vaccine. And, and her argument was that OSHA drafted the, the Hep B mandate in the 1990s. That the counter argument to that was, but they never implemented it. Congress passed a law saying implement this because OSHA was not clear whether or not it even had the authority to do it. And by Congress acting, they pretty much made it clear OSHA does not have the authority to implement a vaccine mandate. This should be a unanimous opinion from the Supreme Court that the injunction could stay in place because there is so much confusion, there would be irreparable harm, and there is a plausible argument for the plaintiffs. But you and I both know the liberals on the court are going to side with the government and do this, not because of what the law says, but because of what they want. And if the liberals on the Supreme Court can make the argument that we should do what we think is right, not what the law says, then... Why shouldn't the January 6th people who stormed into the Capitol do the same thing, to do what they think is right, not what the law actually says? Hmm? We either all follow the rule of law or none of us do. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of this program, 877-973-7425. 
If you're on a CMG station, my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, is owned by Cox Media Group. And on several of their other stations that I'm on in delay, their live host is out sick today. So they have Mark K. So they've put me on. So if you're hearing an unfamiliar voice, that's what it is. Georgia versus Michigan, uh, the Orange Bowl. Turns out it was ESPN's most watched college football game this season. 17.2 million people tuned in for that game, which is staggering. My goodness gracious, Uh, the Cotton Bowl had 16.6 million viewers. He got the national championship game, what, Monday. Uh, So my flagship station is home of the uh, Georgia Bulldogs, and uh, they'll be airing it on Monday. In fact, they're going to preempt part of my show on Monday uh, to have a a pep rally, if you will, on the radio for the Georgia Bulldogs playing Alabama. The question a lot of people have is, will anybody watch Georgia versus Alabama for a second time? Because they've already played. I'm going to watch it, but... When it's all SEC and the college football championship, do any does anybody outside the SEC care? I, I don't know. We're going to find out. My suspicious ratings will be down because uh, does Michigan really care that Alabama and Georgia are playing? Now, I, I mean, listen, I'd be watching the football game anyway because it's football. But some people only care about their team. What I find very notable, however, is there's been this buzz when we went into the the championships and having playoff games as opposed to doing the the AP poll and the coaches poll and all of that. There really aren't enough teams out there to to give a go. Condi Rice was talking to Peyton Manning and Eli Manning a couple weeks ago. You know, they're, they're doing on Monday Night Football now. They do a separate show where they watch the game but also interview people it's a really fun concept i like it a lot for people who don't really like like aren't obsessed with the game it's a great show to tune in because you kind of want to watch football game but you're hanging out with peyton and eli and and they're really good interviewers they had Condoleezza rice on and she said the reality is there just aren't eight good college football teams to make for a competitive playoff season and we sure as heck have seen this i can't believe lsu lost to i didn't even know kansas state had a football team I thought they just did basketball. Gosh, that was embarrassing. Nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, we got four teams. And now, so, uh, you know, I I do bourbon and cigars on Sunday night on my front porch. I have a couple of guys come over for some friends, and two of them are obsessed with Taco Bell. They love Taco Bell. And now they've got the Taco Lover's Pass at Taco Bell. Have you all heard about this? $10 a month. You can order a taco every day. One taco every day. For just $10 for the entire month. Now, they probably going to make a killing on that because people will forget they can get their taco every day. But, my gosh, I know two guys who sit on my front porch on fr- Sundays who probably be in line every day. My gosh, you can tell that Sonia Sotomayor is an MSNBC-only watcher. She's like one of the three people who watch that network constantly. Do you know MSNBC's ratings? I mean, they're they're really bad within the demo, the, the advertiser demo that people care about. That's uh, 25 to 54. They really don't have a lot of, of viewers. And on the weekend, it's like really bad. You're you're talking maybe 50,000 people watching it on the weekend compared to hundreds of thousands for Fox and CNN together. It's really bad. Sonia Sotomayor appears to be one of them because she argued from the Supreme Court today that uh, only unvaccinated people can get the virus. A sitting United States Supreme Court justice said from the bench that only unvaccinated people can get infected with COVID. Which we've known since the Delta variant that isn't true. And yet she seems to believe it. 
bizarre. Let's go to the phones here. 877-973-7425. Mike, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hi, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Yeah, I heard some of those arguments this morning. I have to say that the way she clapped back uh, at the attorney uh, representing the uh, opposition to the vaccine mandate, I was stunned. I mean, yes. this lady sounded like somebody running for office in the Democrat Party or something. She was so really angry. That, it didn't seem reasonable the way Sotomayor was just lecturing the guy. I thought so, too. But the, the reason I called was I know that we all watched or we, we tried to stomach what the Democrats put forward yesterday in their January 6th commemorative uh, presentation. Um, it was bad enough to have to listen to Kamala Harris and Joe Biden uh, just put a whole bunch of partisan stuff out there. But the worst of all, I don't know how many people actually know about this, was that when Nancy Pelosi introduced the Hamilton Singers to do a solemn presentation of a song in commemoration of January 6th, that was actually all a big fake. It was brought in, it was a video that the Hamilton Singers had actually made, or actually moveon.org made it during a Zoom presentation that they had in October of 2020. And the reason I know that is because I heard a report about it last night, but I don't yeah. see how they could even think that it was going to, that people were not going to realize or report that this yeah, hey, hey, Mike, I, I gotta, I gotta let you go on there because your 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 phone is it's like I, I can barely hear you with the crackling. I'm sorry, I don't know if it's wind or what, but yeah. Um, so you, you know, here's the other thing on on the Hamilton stuff. I didn't realize it, it was a pre record. I thought they were actually there. Um, so thanks for letting me know that. But here's the other thing. You know, the Hamilton play. Remember for a while, this is this is actually one of the funniest things I've learned in the last a little bit for several years, the left was enraptured by Hamilton, the Broadway production Disney ran it on Disney plus. It was one of their selling points for subscriptions to Disney plus. So you can see the play. It made Lynn, uh, Lynn Manuel, Manuel Miranda, big star. People loved it. And now the left has turned against Hamilton. And Lynn Manuel Manuel Miranda, the author and star. Now the whole concept there is they had a bunch of people, non-white cast, portraying the founding fathers and the like, and everyone was enraptured until they realized someone on the left did. Oh, you knew it was coming. Why do they have a black man pretending to be a slave owner? Why are they normalizing this? And then Miranda himself made some statement that sounded transphobic. Game over for Hamilton. You're not allowed to like it anymore. How out of touch, culturally out of touch, is Nancy Pelosi? You're not allowed to like Hamilton anymore, people. It's bad now. It celebrates the founding father slave owners. And he is transphobic, even though he's not. And, you know, you know, on, on his, on his, um, Oh, what was it in this in the Heights or whatever? It was the musical that came out. It flopped at the box office, but they didn't have enough black Latinos. They were all white Latinos.
I'm not making this up. In fact, there was a story, I guess it was while I was on, uh, while we were over Christmas vacation, Vox, the Vox kids, uh, the, the progressives over there, they did some story on how so much cultural um, stuff that came out of the Obama years is now bad. It's now bad. Harry Potter, they the kids loved it. My gosh, did they love Harry Potter, but it's bad now. You're not allowed to like Harry Potter because J.K. Rowling is transphobic. She actually, she believes women are women. She's a turf. Have you heard the term turf? Now get this. A, a turf is a trans exclusionary radical feminist means that if you have boy parts or have ever had boy parts, you can't really be a woman. Now you and I are like, I, you mean I'm a turf? <laughs> no, I'm a normal human being, but apparently that's, that, that, that's now code here. She's a, a JK Rowling is a feminist. She is for the advancement of women. But she does not believe if you're a man, you could really be a woman. Why? Well, you've never known what it's like to have a menstrual cycle. You do know what not know what it's like to have a baby. Odds are you're never going to have to worry about mammograms. You don't know what it's like to go through menopause. And... You don't know what it's like to be discriminated against as a woman for your entire life. Only you chose to walk into it at some point in your life. And the only reason we're giving you any credit for it is, and the only reason we're supposed to treat you all seriously is because you're a bunch of men. I mean, that's the point a number of people have made is we would never treat transgenderism as a mainstream thing in this country if it weren't a bunch of men demanding we do so, who now think they're women. You're not allowed to like Harry Potter anymore because of it. In fact, HBO did some sort of reunion with the cast and they excluded J.K. Rowling from it because the trans activists were upset, all 10 of them. And they're upset with Lin-Manuel Miranda over Hamilton. Uh, The critical theorists are upset with Miranda as well for how dare he get us to cheer a black man playing George Washington when George Washington was a slave owner. Thomas Jefferson, my gosh. They, they really, they're upset with that. Oh, what else is it? Um, oh, uh, Parks and Rec. Not allowed to watch that show anymore. Um, it, it downplays uh, the, the, the divides in class and race in this country. They're just all the culture that they love, they now ruin. It's because their politics now has like a, a quasi-religious tone to it, and they got to burn the heretics. And I mean, this is the same thing with the, the January 6th stuff. You know, I said uh, pretty explicitly that it was a, a bad thing. Uh, we should condemn it. We, it should never be done again. But I didn't think it was a coup. I didn't think it was an attempted coup. And I didn't think it was an insurrection. Sedition, but not insurrection. And I'm being attacked by journalists, blue check mark journalists, for refusing to call it a coup. Now, I'm sorry. But a bison-helmeted biblical donkey is in no position to generate a coup against the United States of America. He's just not. Uh, He's he's not exactly someone people are going to rally the flag to. Uh, There there are a bunch of idiots in there uh, who got off their couch and and stopped playing Fortnite for a little while to go do pretend Fortnite inside the U.S. Capitol. Uh, They they were unarmed, by the way, inside the Capitol. Some had guns outside. Uh, Nobody inside the Capitol that they found had guns. 
zip ties and stuff. Yeah, but was it a coup? And the media will excoriate you for not actually believing it was an attempted coup because it's become religious orthodoxy for them. In fact, on the other side, they want you to think it's something to, to celebrate. It depends on which denomination you're in, whether you think it was something to celebrate or not, which word you're supposed to use as opposed to. It was bad. It shouldn't happen again, but it wasn't a coup. But words matter to the left, and they're all upset about these things. Uh, and bringing in Hamilton, whether it was recorded or live or what, to sing a song uh, got Nancy Pelosi hate mail from progressives who think it's inappropriate to have a group of minorities pretending to be white people who were slave owners that really they've just bought into the whole thing. The bottom line is this. Have you all noticed these people are really miserable? They're really miserable. I had some woman send me hate mail yesterday because one of the things I said is that it was January 6th. Be sure to put out cookies, beer, and some weed for the QAnon shaman, or when he breaks through the door tonight, he's going to pee on your floor. And this woman emailed me. She might have tweeted me. I think it was a tweet, actually. She says, that's very Christian of you, trying to make jokes about a deadly insurrection where people died. Scowly McScowly face is upset with me. Some woman I don't even know. Very Christian of you to make a joke about January 6th. Oh, my gosh. You should be able to joke about all this stuff. Now, there are some things you shouldn't joke about in public. But, I mean, seriously, joking about the QAnon shaman, how can we take that man seriously? But they're so angry. They're so angry. And I suspect, you know, they're going to have a lot of anger this year. The Supreme Court hearing, it, it sounded to me in the hearings that the Supreme Court justices, the majority of them, do not think OSHA has the power to issue a vaccine mandate. And there's probably they're probably going to enjoin it and let the hearing proceed. And I suspect the left, which has internalized uh, that we're all going to die from COVID, is going to be hysterical about it. But here's here's the thing, and, and this point you need to understand. I, I think it's it's a very uh real moment, and it's gonna make some people mad. I know the comparison will make people mad, but the more I think about it, the more I think it's apt. On January 6, 2021, a group of people stormed the U.S. Capitol to try to stop Congress from certifying the Electoral College because they believed there was a problem. And they didn't care about what the law said or the procedures for the law and how to count the Electoral College. They thought it was bad and it needed to be stopped. There's not a lot of difference between those people and the ones who would force you to get a vaccine at the hands of OSHA, even though there's no authority. It doesn't matter what the law says. we got to protect you. So OSHA should be able to do this to protect you, even though they don't have the power to do it. There's not a lot of difference between those two positions, other than one stormed a building and the other just wants to force you to get a vaccine you don't want. But they're both premised on we should do this because we think it's right, as opposed to what the law actually says. The left and the right, a portion of the right and a portion of the left, I shouldn't paint that broadly, but a portion of the right and a portion of the left, they really don't care what the law says. They care about their power and doing what they think is appropriate regardless of the rules. Either follow the rules or you don't follow the rules, and we're in a system where more and more people on the left and the right don't want to follow the rules, and that just collapses the whole system around us, and then we don't get nice things at all. We get China and Russia dominant. Howdy, welcome back. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are in the United States of America. Coast to coast, they can help you if you are in charge of a business. 
not personal finance, business finance. You need to build a building, buy a building, buy a fleet of vehicles, do a big deal. My friends at First Liberty can help you. I've known them for years. The Frost family, they're fantastic. Good Christian conservative business people. They've been doing this since the 90s. They want to help you. Go to firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you and, and you for them and proceed. Uh, really good people. All right. Um, I, I got other stuff I want to talk about today. We do need to go back to... Uh, yesterday and, and the nonsense there, but first, gun manufacturers. They, I, I can't understand why gun manufacturers, it took them so long to do this, given the demographic trends. Uh, there's a story, it's out of the Atlanta Journal Constitution in, in Atlanta, uh, where I am, that Remington Arms is moving its global headquarters to Georgia going to bring 850 jobs, and Georgia is now one of the country's top 10 states for gun manufacturing with 74 companies that make hunting rifles, shotguns, pistols, semi-automatic military rifle or military-style rifles, parts. They mean ARs, ammo, accessories, etc. cetera. Um, but it's not just Georgia. In uh, Smith & Wesson is moving its headquarters to Tennessee, because Massachusetts has been in Massachusetts since 1852, and the Democrats there have introduced legislation to ban the manufacture of firearms in the state, except for sale to military and law enforcement. So they're packing up and moving to Tennessee. Across the South, more and more gun manufacturers are moving. Uh, Remington's going to go to LaGrange, Georgia moving from upstate New York, where the New York legislature has turned hostile to gun manufacturers as well. You know, Hitler and Koch and Glock have facilities in Georgia. Um, Daniel Defense is, if you need an AR, I can't recommend Daniel Defense enough. Those people are awesome. They're not just, it's not just a great gun. They are wonderful human beings. Uh, the, the people who run Daniel Defense are just brilliant. They're outside of Savannah. I've been meaning to go tour. Uh, when I go to Hilton Head, they've got a big, their big facility is on I-16. You can see it. They are just wonderful human beings, um, really, really fine people. And I've been meaning to get down there and actually spend time with them. I've got a Daniel Defense gun, and I love it, my rifle. I need to get another one. Uh, I need, you should always have more guns. I got my wife a gun uh, from True Precision. They're also here in Georgia uh, and they make, gosh, my gun for them. I've got a gun from them. My wife now has a gun from them. They are gorgeous, well-balanced guns. Um, they're, they're upgrades on Glock 43s. The slide, the barrel, the trigger, everything is upgraded. And gosh, they're fantastic. So much better than, and I love my base clock. I got lots of Glocks. I've got, let's see, I got Heckler Coke. Um, Nine millimeter. I've got a CZ. I've got four Glocks. I got a Glock forty. I got a forty-five. I got three nine millimeters. I want to get. I'll tell you what. I want to get a Beretta shotgun. Actually, I want to get the. Um, oh, what is it? The Turkey shotgun. Um, now it, my, my mind is blank. It's been happening to me lately. Uh, but my my father in law has one of the Beretta A series shotguns. There is no recoil on that sucker. It's incredible. I can put that thing on my shoulder and shoot skeet all day and never get a bruise or never be sore. Uh, and gosh, that's a beautiful gun. But um, I want to go turkey hunting at some point soon. A buddy of mine keeps inviting me in. I got to load up guns and ammo, but I got to sell a kid. I got two kids for sale uh, so I can get ammunition if anybody needs a kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm going to get hate mail from people for that one, aren't I? Oh, well. All right, uh, we got other stuff we got to talk about. But uh, the, the key point here is your legal strategies in your states and your legislation in your states will impact employment. 
And these northern states, Massachusetts and New York in particular, are losing employers in the gun industry because their legislatures have turned hostile to the Second Amendment. Deeply so. California is another one where gun manufacturers who have operated in California are leaving California at a rapid clip. Uh, SHOT Show is next week in Las Vegas. I, it is the largest gun show in the country. CES is out there right now, the Consumer Electronics Show. A buddy of mine has flown out there early. He wanted to go to the Consumer Electronics Show and then go to SHOT Show. He says, there's nobody there. Everything's gone remote. And they're expecting a full house for SHOT Show. The gun people, they don't care about COVID. The the consumer electronic liberals were deeply concerned about it. Major companies canceling uh, their events at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show. Second year in a row they've done this. While at SHOT Show, they're going to have a full house. They're going to have tons of people out there. I would love to go one day. Uh, don't have it in the travel budget right now to go to it. But I want to. I like guns. I've always wanted to do a live broadcast where you'd go shoot guns and then have a few beers and have a lot of fun. And the lawyers are like, no, no, you can't do that. Are you insane? Law-abiding citizens. We should be able to do that. All right. When we come back, I want to take your phone calls. 877-973-7425. And I'm going to try not to use profanity on the radio. Y'all, Kamala Harris and her 9-11 comparison to January 6th. It is one of the few times I've wanted to drop serious profanity on social media. What was she thinking making that comparison? I don't remember any bodies falling off the Capitol dome as they fled the mob on January 6th. Uh, And now people are saying, well, this was millennials 9-11. Really? You weak-kneed people, morons? And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 